The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the Real News Communications Network. Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back to another episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and I have a really great show for you today. We're talking about how you can be social media savvy and still maintain a little bit of quality of life. We have an expert social media strategist with us today, and we'll finish up with some specific ways you can build your brand with social media. For our quality of life segment, I thought I'd talk first about how social media can harm, hinder, or elevate your business and your life. We've all heard the Anthony Weiner stories, and most won't experience that level of uh, devastation on social media. That's kind of extreme. But what about the subtle ways that social media can affect your quality of life? First of all, as I was thinking through how social media can mess with our life, I couldn't help but think about the way it's such a time gobbler. (laughs) I mean, social media can eat your brain. (laughs) It can take you out in a day and you don't even realize it. Give yourself permission one or two times a day to check your social media, the personal side of it. Maybe check your Facebook page. Maybe comment on your friend's cute posts or post pictures of your baby or your grandbaby or whatever. But only give yourself time a couple of times a day. If you don't plan for a little bit of social social media, it could just end up finding its way into your entire day. You know those little notifications that attract your attention? There you are working away, focused, and then ping. Your phone tells you somebody just posted a picture, somebody just posted a video, somebody just checked in at this restaurant. It's the biggest interruption of our day. And we do it to ourselves. If you want to get control of that social media, turn off those notifications, especially when you need to be focused, especially when you're working on a project. Turn off notifications from people that are offensive, people that upset you, people that are constantly posting negative, disparaging comments or making strong political or religious uh, viewpoints, and then it sets you off. Just turn off the notifications. They might be your your best friend. They might be a close relative. So you don't have to unfriend them. You can just turn it off so it doesn't ping you every time you're trying to work. And then if you really are curious, you can go intentionally to their page and see what they've posted when you have time to get frustrated. So turn off the notifications. It will improve your quality of life. And then be careful about revealing personal things on your social media. People will see the real you on social media. And if you're like me, if you're like most people, you end up accepting friend requests from 
business colleagues, and even customers and employees. What will they see when they see the real you? What will they think when they see what you do all weekend long or in the evenings? So if you're accepting uh, friend requests of people that are outside your personal network, look at your social media with a critical eye and ask yourself, are the things that I'm posting going to prevent people from taking me seriously? And then stay away from religion and politics. I mean, most of us are using our social media platforms for business, even our personal social media platforms. I mean, I have over 1,500, air quotes, friends on Facebook. Those are not all relatives. Those are not all close friends. Many, many of them are business associates and colleagues, customers and employees, and people all across the country. If you're doing that, you can't post your political and religious views. If you do, you're going to offend half of the people reading your posts. It is what it is. I mean, ask the Dixie Chicks about that. Yeah, half the people agreed with them, certainly, but half of the people did not agree with them and it destroyed their career. You may not have those extreme circumstances, but how many good prospects did you run off because you just couldn't hold your tongue about a very deeply emotional political subject. I really wish for the days when people kept their personal beliefs to themselves and they only talked one-on-one with appropriate people about deeply personal things like religion and politics. So beware, it's just too tempting. And avoid negativity. Just be nice to everyone. You never know who's looking at your post and who's a prospect to your business or who might hire you or who might refer you to their clients. You don't know who's looking. And if you're negative, you can turn them away quickly and you won't even know that you lost them. You know, my personal feeling is I don't even like to go on social media to blast other businesses who disappointed me. I mean, if I eat at a restaurant and they really blow it, the food came out late and then it was cold and the server was rude and the prices were too high, I just don't comment at all. And it would serve you well to adopt the same line of thinking. Yes, you might be justified to jump out on social media and name that business and blast them to smithereens and talk about it was the worst service you ever had. Whatever you do, don't go there, yada, yada, yada. But what are we like on our worst day of our business? What are we like when we fail? We know we don't spend 100% of the time succeeding. We can succeed 98% of the time and that 2% really do a bad job and bomb. That's reality. That is what happens. So what if people blasted us on our worst day? How would we feel? Put yourself in the shoes of the other owner. Stop looking at it as your right to get out there and blast people. Think about how you would feel if you were the one being blasted. Just be nice to everyone. I went to a restaurant, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and they failed miserably. I mean, they blew it from the time we got there to the time we left. It was a very bad experience, and it was a very expensive restaurant. It was a special occasion, and so we were looking forward to being treated, and we left really annoyed and very disappointed and planning 
to never go back there again. But instead of taking to social media and giving them one star rating and blasting them in public, I thought about how I would feel if somebody did that to me on my worst day and I sent the manager an email privately. And I started out by saying, I'm a business owner too. I will not post in social media negative things about your business. But if you take your business seriously, and I assume you do, you probably want this feedback. And then I proceeded to tell them, we won't be going back. We won't refer people to their restaurant. And here are all the things that went wrong. And I just thought you would want to know. And I meant it. I wasn't going to blast them on social media. They immediately contacted me and said, we want to show you this is not how we are. And we want you to have a different experience at our restaurant. And they sent us gift certificates. And he said, please call me personally and tell me when you're coming. And I will make sure everything is right with your experience. And so we did, you know, we, we were customers who said we would never darken the door of that restaurant. And we decided, well, it's not going to cost us anything. We'll go ahead and use their, our gift certificates and give them another try. And we booked an appointment. It was, I don't know, probably months later. We booked a reservation and we let the manager know. Oh my goodness, they rolled out the red carpet. I mean, we were treated so well. We were treated like royalty. We were almost embarrassed. <laughs> it was embarrassing, but wonderful. They brought out wine. They had the maitre d' come by and check on us several times. The owner came by and checked on us. The manager came by and checked on us. They literally rolled out the red carpet for us. And we, of course, had an amazing experience. And I went out on social media and I gave them five stars and I bragged about how wonderful our experience was. But it didn't stop there. I've been there several times since and I've referred them to my friends. So they've made a lot of money off of us just for giving us a free dining experience because they knew they were better than the experience that I experienced. So be nice to people. Give them a break. Privately correct people. Don't blast them in public. Don't use your social media platform to bully other people. Put yourself in their shoes. And social media has a dangerous platform. It's impulse. Sometimes we impulsively shoot things out to social media that we will regret later. My rule of thumb is if I have a little inkling that I might not ought to post this, then I probably shouldn't. And if I have a thought that I might not shouldn't post this, then I let it sit in a draft for 24 hours. And about 99% of the time I go back in and delete it. So think about how it will affect your quality of life as a business owner. Don't let it take over your life. Don't let it become top priority. Don't allow social media to be a negative force in your life and don't use it to bully up other people. So coming up next, we'll hear from a real life social media expert and how you can use social media to your advantage. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We'll be right back. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826. 
and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and talking about social media today. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I have an outstanding guest with me today. Debbie Saviano is a social media strategist. She loves people and teaching. Her life has centered on those two things, so it's no surprise that she's still teaching. And so today, class, we are going to learn how to be socially savvy. Now, I'm always happy to welcome another Debbie to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Debbie. Well, I'm happy to have you. Let's go ahead and get started right away with social media. What do you see as the biggest challenge for people using social media? I think the the first thing would be fear because people get nervous but that centers around three things time knowledge and mindset people fear that they don't have the time to do what they need to do because they're already busy right they've already got so much on their plate secondly would be knowledge because they don't know how to do it there's so much stuff out there they're not sure what to do and so they worry about that and then finally the mindset they have to believe that they can do it and if they don't have those three things the time the knowledge and the mindset it's fearful for them and so instead of doing anything they do nothing you know that's absolutely true people are intimidated and they don't do it at all or they feel too comfortable with it and they overdo that social media so it's really good to hear from an expert to help us navigate this process you know I've heard for years that there is a return on investment there's that ROI if you know what you're doing with social media but I understand you actually call it a little something different. I love that, Debbie. Yes, I do. Return on investment, we always have to look at the financial aspects of it. Obviously, is it worth the time, the energy, the money? But today, ROI involves something else. It's return on influence because we need to know we have physical presence and we have virtual presence. And with ROI, return on influence, how are we engaging online? We have the, the opportunity today to expand the conversations, to see more people, to expand the audience, the reach. And so the return on influence is truly that. How much are we known online? And there's so many stories we could say with that as far as examples of what people do with online. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. In fact, so many people don't realize that they are influencing. They're influencing opinions about their business, about their brand, and about the people that are associated with their business and brand. Absolutely. So I am so glad that you emphasize influence because I've been preaching that for a long time. You are your brand. And a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this program. You are your brand. And Absolutely. your social media presence is influencing. Absolutely. Well, research will tell you over 70% of decisions are all made based on online influence. Who buys? What do they buy? What do they want? Why do they do it? And that's how we make our decisions from friends and family and people we know online. So we want to stay positive and we want to make sure that our brand reflects who we are as a business. That is powerful and that is scary. 70% yes. make their decision. pushing toward 80, but yes. Wow. Yeah. 
that's why they want us to use it so much because they want if you buy something now you'll notice online on your computer or on your phone whatever on the right side column pops up either ads from places you just bought Mm -hmm. or places that are like where you just bought or restaurants like where you just ate because with big data now they can find out all the information and they want you to promote that you'll get you know you get the surveys do you want to promote do you want to share on social media sometimes you do and sometimes you don't depends on what you bought right (laughs) and you know that is kind of scary you almost feel like the advertisers are stalking us but they are they are and we are influencing even what comes into our computers exactly because we if you people always say well i don't want them to know that and i say well if you purchase anything online the ship has sailed because you've already put it all out there so once you purchase online and you make that data available they are they it's part of the marketing plans i mean that's what big data is used for today wow that's pop that Mm -hmm. that is just so powerful yes it's funny because if i'll buy something right after that i'll notice on the side of my feed those things all pop up yeah so that they show, you know, like if, if it's White House Black Market, for example, mm-hmm. above my feed on Facebook, there'll be an ad from White House Black Market that's the exact same thing I just bought. Now, they don't say that. Right. But it's a subliminal messaging because everybody knows that's all I wear. So Or a coupon. Or a coupon or whatever. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow. It's powerful. It's influential. And we have to take that aspect of social media very seriously. Right. So there are so many social media platforms how do you know which ones to use and that's a great question debbie is probably the one that people struggle with the most because there are so many out there and so what we want to look at is we want to look at first do you know who your ideal client is who who they are where they hang out what their interests are what their habits are what their uh, activities are because that's what you want to associate with those platforms for example every social media platform has a certain audience in it it has a certain age group it has certain demographics certain psychographics and so you want to be where they're hanging out for example if you're 30 years old you don't want to be looking at Facebook because it's 45 and above and primarily women if you are 30 or below you want to go to snapchat or Instagram because that's where they're hanging out so understand each of the social media platforms starting with obviously with with LinkedIn and I'll talk about that in a second but from Facebook to Twitter to Pinterest to Instagram to snapchat now we have live streaming with blab and periscope but each of those has a very dynamic group of individuals in it so you want to know who's there because you don't want to be hanging out where your people aren't at I do recommend that people because people say well I don't use that platform or whatever which they might not because my age group exactly. might not be on that platform might not but be my there. customers might Are. be exactly so what I say is go out anytime that there's a platform go out and get your name in that platform you don't have to use it today but then you own it because see I own Debbie Saviano on every platform there's other Debbie Savianos we're both kind of unique because both of our last names are not that common but there's still other debbie sardones and other debbie saviano so gain access to the name on those platforms then you own them so when you go in the future you have access to it you know that is so true i have seen celebrities that did not have that advice exactly and somebody else has their name and so then they have to use some kind of a social media name like the real exactly donald trump exactly. or the real debbie sardone so i wholeheartedly agree with you even if you don't plan to periscope Absolutely. even if you never plan to 
Twitter (laughs) or tweet. Go and grab your unique handle before someone else does. Right. So then you own it. So if you do go to use it, you've got access to it. So with all those platforms, they're all social with the exception of one. And that would be LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a professional platform. It's a it's it's where the professionals hang out, if you will, and it's much more broad with the scope of who's there. But looking at the platforms and play with them, and you you do great with Periscope, Debbie. In, in the beginning, I love it. You didn't do much with it. Now you're all over. I see you on Periscope <laughs> all the time. It's a lot of fun. It is a and lot it's of fun. Really good for my business. It's great for your business. We were just in Florida at the Duck Race, and how many people were you were you Periscoping with? So all many. Over it was the crazy world. all over yeah. the world. It was absolutely so, fabulous. So play take advantage of just going in and experimenting if you will and again you might not know if your people are there until you get in and play with it but again it's not about who your friends are as you pointed out Mm -hmm. it's who your clients are right it's not about who your peers are exactly if you're in your 50s and you sell to people in their 20s right then you need to get out of your comfort zone and find out where they're looking right so Give us a couple of other ideas as far as social platforms. What else is out there that's popular? You mentioned Instagram and Twitter. and Yes, let's talk about Instagram for a second because that's a little bit more on the other end spectrum of the age group. So with Instagram, you're talking it's very short and concise. And I joke that when I first started using Instagram, I really had to work on it because they want hashtags and they don't want a lot of words because that's a millennial platform like Twitter. Exactly. Same with Twitter. I used to joke, I can't say hello in 140 characters, but you can. You just have to learn how to communicate within them. So with Instagram, it's all about images and it's all about hashtags. Now, the thing to remember with any platform is is that you want to have images. Our brain processes images 60,000 times faster than text. A picture is a worth a thousand, thousand words. Absolutely. So you want to take advantage of that. So the other one I would encourage people to start thinking about is live streaming, like with the Periscope and the Blab, because People today, again, we're talking a younger generation, but that is 50% of the population. They want real time. Right. They want it right now, and they want to see what you're doing, and they want to participate in it. Fantastic. Well, you know, that's very helpful because there are generational struggles when it comes to these platforms. But you know what? There's no reason why you can't be over 40, over 30, over 50 and master those strategies. And that's why we have you here today. If you want to hear more from Debbie Saviano, don't go away. You've been listening to Debbie Saviano at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. After the break, we'll be back with our guest to talk about harnessing the power of LinkedIn. You don't want to miss this segment. Be sure and follow us on Facebook and share this program with your friends. Like a king without a castle. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. Something that every business owner relies on is good advice. And that's where SCORE can help. SCORE is a nonprofit organization where we provide free business consulting services to people who want to start a business. For nearly 50 years, SCORE mentors have been helping businesses realize their dreams. What's even better than dreams is making a dream come true. Volunteer your expertise. You've got it. Share it. Volunteer your expertise today at SCORE.org. 
You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and we have Debbie Saviano in studio with us today at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. This is our Go Get Her segment. And we have a real go-get-her with us today. Debbie Saviano is an international speaker and one of the founders of Women's Leadership Live, which is coming to Dallas, Texas on May the 19th. To learn more, be sure to check out Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone Facebook page, and you'll learn more details. Now, Debbie, and by the way, I like your name. (laughs) We've been talking about social media And you mentioned LinkedIn in our last segment. A lot of people are confused about this platform. Tell us what we need to know. Okay, so think about it this way, Debbie. LinkedIn is considered a golden Rolodex. You have a business card in your purse or your your wallet or your handbag or whatever. That's a physical space of of a Rolodex. But then you've got the virtual Rolodex with LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has become extremely popular and there's there's not any professional who has a business product or service who should not be on LinkedIn so basically that's everyone who's working right so LinkedIn 400 plus professionals and here's the key component with LinkedIn everyone there is in a business mindset all those other social platforms and the key there is social they can be there for other reasons and get sidetracked if you will But on LinkedIn, people go for one purpose, and that's a business mindset. They're not thinking social. They're thinking business. So you want to project yourself in a way that is extremely professional, who you are, what you offer, and basically why you. Why you? How can you help the person who's looking at your LinkedIn profile? So LinkedIn is a must. It's it's one of those things that I always tell people, would you ever leave the house to go to a meeting without a business card or at least that on your phone because depending upon your age how you carry that business card is going to be different if you're one age bracket it's a paper business card if you're a younger person it's probably on your phone and you don't carry a business card but you have a business card right so linkedin is a must you've got to have it so no typos i assume in your profile (laughs) and in your business description correct and be very specific and list all of your business right at your achievements your Uh, the businesses you own or the companies you work for yes a lot of times people think well I have this business so should I have a profile for this and another one for another business no LinkedIn wants you to have one LinkedIn profile because here's the thing it's about you as an individual because so you have each of those things and they're all who you are all the strengths and talents and skills and expertise you have they all are combined with the various things you do You know, that's a really good point, and I'm glad you made that because a lot of people don't mention that, that your LinkedIn profile is you, and you are a compilation of many things. You're not just the business you're in today or the job you're in today. So it needs to reflect all of those skills, achievements, jobs, businesses, whatever. Absolutely. That is outstanding. Mm -hmm. So your LinkedIn is your personal profile, and it's, it's supposed to be professional. This is not social. It's not fun time and it's your golden you know I I use LinkedIn now especially after being around you more than I ever have I have a very important meeting coming up tomorrow actually and I don't know the people that I'm going to be doing my conference call with so what did I do I went to LinkedIn I looked up their profile and I studied their last name to find out how to pronounce it and I looked at what they're involved in 
and their position, their title. You know, it helps you know if the person you are meeting with is a decision maker Absolutely. or not. And I use that as a tool to get prepared for meetings with people I don't know. Absolutely. And it's the number one resource today for people who are for employment. That's the number one place that, that companies, that headhunters, that recruiters go to to find the talent that they're seeking for the, for the positions is on LinkedIn. And I see a lot of LinkedIn profiles that are very weak. Mm-hmm. They either don't have a picture or they don't have very much information at all on that person. How can they make a decision about you if there's nothing there to learn? Well, they do make a decision. It's just not the one you want them to make. Exactly. Good point. So that leads us to our next question. I assume there are some must-dos and must-don'ts. Can you help us with some of that? Absolutely. So think about, again, I'm big on thinking about physical space and virtual space. So what would you want someone to see if they met you for the first time? First impressions only happen once, right? So it's the same with LinkedIn. What do you want people to see when they come there? A headshot, professional headshot, is absolutely a must. If people don't have a a headshot image on their profile, most people will not even take it seriously. So you've lost them before they've even started. So a professional headshot, and you don't want it with the cat. You don't want it on the beach. You want, unless, unless again, if if you're a travel agent in the Caribbean, then yeah, maybe you would want that. But you want your professional headshot to reflect you as the professional so that's the first thing the next one is your headline and that's the it used to be called title but that's what's next to your picture you can have 120 characters which is a lot people don't think it's very much but it can be a lot you want to talk directly to the person you're wanting to visit your profile and people say well it might be some of this and some of that and I say well where do you want to make 80 percent of your money that's the individual you should be talking to. You need to know who that is. And again, we go back to target client and understanding that. But what solutions do you offer? Because when someone goes to your profile, they're there for a reason. They're not there by chance. They're there for a reason. They're you know, looking to know, how can you help them? Uh, you just brought up a point that people understand in marketing and they understand it in business, but they miss the point on their own profile when they're yes. looking for a job or a promotion or a business opportunity. And you nailed it when you said, look for the solutions that you can identify that they are looking for and put that in your profile because that's why they're there yeah yeah you're supposed to be solving other people's problems or you're not going to appeal to them in the first place absolutely yeah and they need to know immediately when they first get there what are the solutions put in the solutions the keywords how you help the next thing to do is you want to have access and what i mean by that is information nothing is more frustrating to go to someone's information, whether it be a business card, whatever, and they can't get a hold of you. It can be an email, it can be a phone number, it doesn't matter, but give them access to you. So yes, they can send messages through LinkedIn, but give them another way, give them an email or another contact information. There's actually the contact, the contact feed in there to be able to include that. And that really is important because I have been guilty of not having notifications turned on. Mm-hmm. So people would contact me through LinkedIn, send me right. a message that I didn't get for weeks. Right. And if I didn't have another way to contact, for them to contact me, then we just would not connect. Ships passing in the night, for sure. And you might have missed a 
huge opportunity. The next thing is summary. Summary is 2,000 characters, which is huge. And the one thing I love about LinkedIn is everything they have in the profile is purposeful. They know it's there for a reason and that it benefits you as a professional. So take advantage of the real estate. And summary is a huge one. So you've got 2,000 characters. Give a brief overview of you. Put your name in there again. Put your contact information in there again. Put your title in there. And then put the solutions in there of how you help other people because that's what they're looking for. And then the last thing, and th when I first started doing profiles, this wasn't very prevalent, and people actually call me out on it. But remember, I've got an education background, right? Uh, I talk in second person, you or your. It's not about me or I. And so a lot of profiles in the beginning used to be I. More and more people now are switching to you or your because it's not about us. It's about who's reading the profile. So when someone's reading the profile, you want them to think you're only talking to them. And if you have I, I, I throughout that whole profile, you're not talking to them. You're talking about yourself. So I highly encourage you and your. Wow. Highly. That is profound because it's just a natural tendency right. when you're talking about yourself to use right. the word I. Exactly. That is really mm -hmm. helpful. Great stuff, Debbie. So that leads us to a term that I'm not really familiar with, and that is this digital leadership. Can you help us understand that? I can. So if you think again about differences in ages and how people relate to different things, do People who are under 25, they grew up in a world of technology. They never hesitate with a remote control. They don't hesitate with the phone. They don't hesitate with the computer. They have very strong digital abilities and knowledge. So for older people, if you will, 40 and above, digital leadership is critical because you want people to know, number one, that you understand digital, that you understand online information how to use it and that you want to model it nothing's worse than to have someone who's wanting to communicate but they're not speaking the same language so digital leadership is truly being proficient online understanding the who what where when and how of that and modeling that for people either you work with or people that you interact with you know there's always a lot of talk about age bias as far as that's concerned I'm not going to say my age here, but I will say this. I got a whole lot of friends who are 30 and under and a whole lot who are 28 and under because we can talk the same language. They don't care how old I am. They want to know can we communicate. And there is no excuse because right. age cannot be the reason that you don't have this digital leadership. Exactly. There really is no excuse. You just have to get out there. You have to practice. You have to learn. You have to educate yourself. And don't be left behind. Right. Because if you don't, you you know, there's several people who used to joke, oh, it's a passing fad. It's going to go away. How many people would leave the house today without their phones? Very few. I mean, I don't even know anybody. Whatever. I'll turn around and go back. I would leave my purse before my phone. Yeah. Exactly. We <laughs> always have our phone. So that's being strong in digital leadership and understanding that, the power of it. Because you can connect with the world 24-7 on a global scale online. Absolutely. I talk to people all over the world Absolutely. using my Periscope. Absolutely. I talk to maid services who are looking for business help and training. And they may be in Canada or Australia or Tennessee or in my own backyard in Dallas, Texas. Right. So we do have to take this seriously. And it doesn't matter what generation you're from. You have to embrace it, and why not be a digital leader? Let's I love that term, a trailblazer. <laughs> and if nothing else, even if you're not blazing that trail, don't be left in the dust. Right. And don't sit around whining and complaining about technology, how fast it's moving. Move with it. Right. 
get go in with gear. it. Get, in, get gear. in gear get and in gear. get going. That's right. So just real quick before we wrap things up, are there any social reminders that you can leave us with? Yes, I'm a huge advocate of this, and you mentioned this earlier, Debbie. Nothing is worse than go online and looking at everyone's laundry, if you will. They share too much information. I'm a huge advocate of staying positive, positive, and more positive. Positive and giving back. You want to support other people. You want to encourage their their growth and their businesses. So positive and giving back are the ones that I would say. And then, of course, including images because they're such a powerful component of anyone engaging online. So... Well, you know what? That was a great way to end up this segment. It's great information from our guest and expert social media strategist, Debbie Saviano. To learn more about Debbie, visit our Facebook page, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Now, coming up after the break, we'll talk about giving and getting with social media. So don't go away. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We've been talking today about social media, and this topic ties in beautifully with giving. You know, 53% of consumers choose to do business with companies they believe are focused on giving to the greater good. When people think of your brand, do they think giver or do they think taker? Use social media to spread your giving brand. If you're in business, giving back should be a part of everything you do. It should be a part of your culture and it definitely should not be the best kept secret. Very few companies share their giving stories. When you tie giving to your brand you are much more likely to get shares and social media engagement versus when you just talk about your business and you talk about what you sell and what product you're launching. And so shares on Facebook or shares on Twitter, people that read your story and share it, that ends up being free publicity for you. You don't pay for that. It's powerful. It's a powerful way to indirectly market your business and get others to market your business. It's, it's, it's giving, it's telling your story, it's making sure your, your business is known for the giving you already do. I'm not talking about giving because you want to brag about it. I'm talking about don't leave out sharing the story when you are a giver. Don't leave that as the best kept secret in your company. There are plenty of ways to share your message and of course to be tactful and to spread your brand socially. Obviously one way is radio interviews. Now, I have guests all the time and we talk about their business and oftentimes you'll be invited to 
an, a radio interview, if you are a part of a cause, if you have some give back culture going on in your business, it's a great way to get an invitation. And while you're talking about your cause and while you're talking about what has meaning to other people, your business is being mentioned in the air and it's being so, uh, socially linked to a very important cause. So radio is a fantastic platform. And you know, there's always PSAs on radio, and that's those public service announcements. They have to tell the public about good things and important things. And so think about how you can get on the radio and deliver that public service announcement. And generally that will be tied to your giving back in some way. I've been invited numerous times to do PSAs and talk about my nonprofit because it benefits the public. Hometown Heroes is another thing. You'll see them on TV, you will see them on radio, even newspapers will run Hometown Heroes features. And when you have giving as a part of your business culture, and I'm not talking about this one hit wonder thing where you do some big campaign, you give back and that's the last time you give. I'm talking about regular giving back in your own community, making a difference, using your business and using your life to make a difference in the lives of other people. And Hometown Heroes Awards are available if you make sure it is not the best kept secret in town. And don't think they're going to come find you. If you're sitting around waiting for someone to notice that your business cares and that your business is making a difference in the community, they're not going to find you. They're not going to know about you. And especially if you're not being socially savvy, sometimes you just have to pick up the phone. You have to learn how to toot your own horn without blowing it. You have to let people know that you are giving back and nominate yourself for that hometown heroes. And if you're too embarrassed to do that, get someone else to nominate you. But that's how those opportunities come your way. And then, of course, there's always that opportunity for being mentioned in the media locally. There's a, a, a businesswoman in my own town who has been known for giving for probably at least 20 years. Her name is Kim Cloud, and she owns Cloud9 Salon and Spas, and she is known as a giver. I see her in the local newspaper uh, as the owner of her business all the time. Her face is pictured, and there's a story about her and what she's doing and how she's giving back nearly every week in some publication. You'll get those mentions if giving is a part of your culture. And there is no question about it. She is known in town as one of the biggest givers. There's online doing good platforms or doing good networks that you can apply to if you have a nonprofit and you are doing good, or if you have a a culture of giving in your business and you're using employees and engaging customers in a way that everyone is giving back in the community, you can go find those online platforms. One of them, for example, is uh, the Good News Network. I was recently featured at, on the Good News Network and my cleaning business is plastered all over there with a picture of my staff and they told our story. What great publicity, millions of eyeballs and goodwill when I share that post on my own social media platforms. Another platform is Points of Light, and there's the Points of Light Award. And this is actually the George H. Bush Foundation. And they point out and award these 
recognition places on their website for people giving back and doing good. You can make sure they know about it. You can apply. I received that award about three years ago. And for social media, that was a fantastic opportunity to spread the word not only about the cause that I'm involved in and that I feel so passionately about, that is cleaning for reason, providing free house cleaning services to women with cancer, but the Points of Light Award is now a place of achievement on my LinkedIn profile, which we talked about earlier. Those aren't things that you just brag about. Those are things that you share to make sure that people that are interested in your business understand you have this giving mindset and this giving culture. These are all highly shareable concepts on social media. The power is in others sharing your story. I mean, it's good to share your story. It has to start somewhere, but the power is when other people feel so engaged or so inspired by your post that they share it. And then the next person share it. That shares it. That is where the power is. Give people another reason to talk about your brand. Give people another reason other than we offer products and services, coupons and discounts. Give them a reason to talk about you. I'll share a story with you. It's been quite a few years ago, but I was at a networking event. We were all standing around talking. And I was kind of new at this networking event, so I didn't know that many people. But a woman from across the room shouted over the crowd of talking people and said, I know who you are. I know your business. And I stopped and the room got kind of quiet and she and I looked across the room and I said, hi, do I know you? And she said, no, you don't know me, but I know who you are and I know your business and I love what you do. I love that your company is helping women who are battling cancer. Here she said this in a room full of people networking for business, trying to get each other's attention, passing business cards around, trying to get people to acknowledge them and talk about their business. And someone I had never met who had never used my service was talking about me with her neighbor. And that's what she shared with me. She came over and she said, I was talking to my neighbor the other day about your service and about what you do for women with cancer. That is the biggest gift you can have as a business owner is when People talk about you behind your back for something you did right instead of something you did wrong. I mean, we've all been talked about. I can't tell you how many times I've worried that people might be saying, yep, they came to my house today and they broke something. Sure, we are going to be talked about when we make a mistake. But how often are people talking about our business just because we're doing it right? I mean, think about it. How many people are going to brag about the fact that their home looks gorgeous and spotless because somebody else made it that way? They're not necessarily going to say a thing when their neighbor says, oh, your house always looks so great. They may not say, well, it isn't my own doing. It's, it's the maid service that came over. So give people another reason to talk about you because they're not necessarily going to be talking about your product or your service or your discount. This is indirect marketing and it's the best form of marketing of all have you ever heard of that term marketing below the line most people compete with all their their competitors most people are competing above the line they're marketing above the line it's below the line marketing when somebody is talking about your business on their own 
versus you spending money to get out there and and market your business where everyone else is marketing, where you're competing with 10 other people, where you're competing with five other coupons. So indirect marketing, marketing below the line, using what you are already doing in your business as a giving culture to market your business indirectly to others who may not be talking about you, who may not be in the market for your service, but they have another reason to listen to your story, another reason to visit your website or go to your Facebook page. Go-givers market below the line, and they do this unintentionally. This, this isn't necessarily a planned strategy. If you're giving and you're giving back, you are marketing below the line. And everyone else, they're marketing above the line where they have to fight each other for the cheapest price, fight each other for the biggest coupon. Quite honestly, that's not where I want to market. I want to market where my competition doesn't even know to go. So go givers, go function and market below the line and stay out of the line of sight with all the other bidders for your product or your service. Now, if you'd like to comment on our show today, please like us on Facebook and tell us what you think. And don't miss a single episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'll be back here next week with more great tips, information, and expert advice to help you clean up in business and in life. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com.